apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 3389238, Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML3389238, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC3389238, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L, call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finns, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I am Steve Risser, along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And week 10 is upon us in the NFL, uh, uh, is, is upon us. And we got a big game on Sunday afternoon as the Dallas Cowboys, who are six and two, face the struggling Green Bay Packers, who are three and six. Uh, I think this is this is a game where I, I think the Cowboys win. I think they win it by a couple scores. I think they run the football with Tony Pollard. I think Dak Prescott throws a t- couple touchdown passes. And I think the Packers' struggles continue. I think Aaron Rodgers throws another interception. I think the, the Packers have trouble getting the running game. I think they get behind early, so they have trouble getting the running game going. And I think, you know, I think the, the, the receivers of Green Bay have trouble getting separation against the Cowboys secondary. I think this is a game where it's rare for me to pick the Cowboys to win a game, especially against Aaron Rodgers by double digits. And I know Aaron Rodgers has owned them throughout his entire career. But I think this this game, I, I, I think the Cowboys win this, and I think they, 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 win, they, win, they win it handedly. I think Mike McCarthy wins his return. Two Lambeau field handedly, and that's why I got the Packers beating the. I, I, I got the Packers beating. No, I got the Cowboys beating the Packers thirty to seventeen. But Justin, can Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense uh, get back on track and find and snap their five game losing streak? I don't. I don't think they can. I got the Cowboys as well, twenty three to seventeen. You know, Rodgers going up against McCarthy's former coach again. Maybe I could see him playing really well and having, you know, game of the year for him. But 
the way that offense right now is moving the football. Again, they moved the ball last week against the Lions. He just, you know, Rogers had three interceptions in the red zone. Two of them were in the in the uh, end zone, and they were, you know, two very bad interceptions thrown by him. So right now, I don't I don't think so. A Dallas team that's coming off a bye. I think Parsons is that Cowboys defense can get pressure on Rodgers. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball well enough to keep the Cowboys off balance in this game. And I think, you know, Green Bay's defense could maybe, you know, could keep them in this game, but I just don't think their offense right now is going to put up enough points to, uh, to, for them to uh, win this football game. Yeah, I just don't think so. I, and last week, Aaron Rodgers, three interceptions, did not play well at all against the Lions. I mean, who would have expected Rodgers to throw three picks against the Lions? He was he was, he was, was poor. He played he played terribly last week. Probably one of the worst games I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers play. And the Cowboys, they, they their defense has been really good this year. Micah Parsons, uh, Trayvon Diggs. This defense has played really, really well. Demarcus Lawrence, this defense has played has played really, really well this year. It's just, I know, obviously, Aaron Rodgers has definitely owned the Cowboys throughout his career. But the problem is, Aaron Rodgers had had a had as good or a better team in the Cowboys. He had, you know, Zadarius Smith and, and Devontae Adams and, and, and most of those. And I mean, a, and a couple of those games. And he had Devontae Adams in most of those games. And now he doesn't have either of those guys. So that's why I think the Cowboys went handedly. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Cowboys are, are the better team right now. You know, uh, you know, both of what we've seen on the field and on paper right now. Um, yeah, the, the Green Bay has just really struggled. Um, you know, the turnovers, Rodgers hasn't played well. He just, they haven't been on the same page. It feels like offensively. Um, and again, yeah, you, you go on the road last week and you scored nine points against a line team that was giving up 36 points a game at home and you could score in nine points. I know they had a bunch of red zone trips, but to still only get nine points against that team on the road. It's pretty flat out embarrassing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and this leads us to our next point. And, and this, and we're going to talk about how much to blame is Aaron Rodgers for the Packers struggles. Obviously, he's not totally – he's not completely to blame. He's not totally – he's not – you can't blame him completely. But he definitely is part of the problem. I know their run defense is terrible. I know the receiving core is absolutely terrible. I know Matt LaFleur has not ran the ball as much as he should. But Rodgers is definitely to blame. I don't care. You're the quarterback of the team, and your team has lost five in a row, and you looked absolutely terrible last week. Yeah, you, you did. You, he, he looked horrible. He does get a big part of this blame. Um, now, he's supposed to be – yeah, he's a quarterback. He's supposed to be the captain of the team. I know you said a couple weeks ago he called out the entire team and I listened at the show and again that's not a leader. Um, you know, you should be out there work work because you've got a bunch of rookies at wide receiver that yeah, they don't have the chemistry with yet. Um, you know, you should be out there with them trying to, you know, get that, you know, um timing all that going. But yeah, I do think he gets a big part of the playing. Again, last year I think he had two or three interceptions all year and he had three last week. Um and again, most of his interceptions too are mostly on him. It's not, you know, it's not like wide receivers are dropping. It's going into the corner or safety's hands. It's mostly been bad throws. So, you know, there, there's definitely a big part of on him, but yeah, for this team to be three and six is um, definitely Rogers is to blame. And two of those picks were in the red zone last week in the first half, two of them, T- two of those picks in, in, in the red zone. I mean, that, that costs, I mean, I mean, that costs your team six points. I mean, at least six points right there. I mean, I know one of them was on fourth down, but I mean, one of them. But one of them costs this team a fee, at least a field goal. Which, if if say, say that it's fifteen to twelve instead of fifteen to fifteen to nine, they would have kicked a field goal and tied the game and probably won the game. So that pick, very especially the one in the red zone, the second one, very easily cost the Packers that game. Yeah, absolutely. I know both of them in the end zone were not were not good balls that were thrown. Um, and, and yeah, you know, you you're, if you're able to get a couple points going there or being able to score a touchdown there, um, it, things are much different. Uh, Frank Scott Rogers needs to retire. Leaders, one of those 
oh, one, the outs and the extra work and, and puts blame on himself. Yeah. yeah and Aaron Rodgers yeah. does none of that. Aaron Rodgers no. blames, blames everyone else but himself. But the problem is Aaron Rodgers is absolutely a part of the problem. And I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. But right now, I feel like he's on the decline, and he's part of the problem in Green Bay. And the difference between him and Tom Brady is Tom Brady, would, if he was in this situation, he'd be blaming himself. He would be taking responsibility. Aaron Rodgers is taking zero responsibility for his team being three and six. And that is a major, major problem, right, a major, major problem right now. Yeah, absolutely, because he's not – and he's always been that type of guy where, you know, where yeah, he, he's never taken blame for himself. And, again, he's always he's, – been one of the best yeah of, of all time but as you mentioned too last week this is why he's only got one ring because he because he can't you know he's not a good leader he does not help guys around him get better and that's been the story of his career and again you've seen what what happens when you don't have adams and you know where last year you're able to get um you know where adams is getting double teamed you know so you can find somebody else to um you know want to want to win a one-on-one battle but now without adams it's been a totally different story Here's the thing with Aaron Rodgers, and I've been totally guilty of this. I think we have blamed too much of the Packers organization for his issues and not blamed him. I think we needed to give him more blame than the, than the Packers organization. I know the organization hasn't been great, but it's been a very good organization. When he won a Super Bowl, he had a really good defense. But I think we haven't attached enough blame to Aaron Rodgers. And I think this year is, is showing you why, historically, he's not Tom Brady. He's not. I don't even think he's as good as Peyton Manning because he just doesn't – he doesn't – he, 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 he's great individually. He'll make guys better because of his individual talent, but he's not, he, as you said, he doesn't make guys better. He's just not a, he's not a leader. He doesn't, he, he, he's, he's just, he's a great talent. He's just not a good leader at all. No, he's not. And again, he skipped OTAs, didn't he, this year too? Skipped you know, that, OTAs, that's something yep. where, he, where he could have worked a, with some of these receivers. Yeah. He could have worked with them to make them better. Yeah. Instead, Jordan Love was working with them. Again, I'll help trying to get them to, get get them learning on the same page so yeah again it, it's some of the stuff like that and i get he's a veteran and, and you know I, but I, I guess i i know he's a veteran and all that but when you know you got these new receivers coming in you gotta be there even if you don't want to you, you gotta get them on the same page and again i it's it's arrogance by him and i think he thought oh we're gonna be fine still i don't have to be there and look what happened it, it's it, they've been horrible and it, it's it, it's Crazy to see how bad it's it's gone for the Packers because for how good they were last year to kind of see it all crashing down like this, um, it, it's pretty crazy. Absolutely, and yeah, I know Zadarius Smith, but he and Devontae Adams are great players. But the thing is, Zadarius Smith didn't even play that much last year, so basically they've lost one player. And I know Devontae Adams is outstanding; he's one of the best receivers in football. But losing one guy on a football team should not mean your team drops off this much. No, it shouldn't. It, it really shouldn't. You know. Um, I know LaFleur hasn't been, you know, LaFleur's, they, they've been good under until this year, but yeah, LaFleur hasn't been great this year coaching-wise either. Um, yeah, you know, you see what Adams could do. You know, last week I think he had over 20 targets again. Um, he's been a big part of that Raiders offense this year, and, and for good reason. And yeah, you know, Rodgers just hasn't, um, and with Zedaria Smith, yeah, he put what, like one or two games last year? And again, the defense has been pretty good. It's, you know, um, but it's, yeah, it's the offense. The offense just can't figure it out. The, they can't run the football well enough. They haven't ran it enough at times. So yeah, it's just been the offense. It just, it just, for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem it's they're together right now. And it's just, it's been brutal to watch their offense, especially last week against a Detroit t- defense like that. Um, team move the ball, but yeah, just not getting any points off of it. It's, uh, again, it's very concerning. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we now we got to get to the next story, big story in the league, and that's the Colts firing Frank Wright, which was expected. I feel like even though it was midseason, it was expected. I mean, I have a surprise they didn't do it last year after he wanted to bring in Carson Wentz and the team didn't make the playoffs and Carson Wentz was okay, but he wasn't what, what we thought he was going to be in Indianapolis. I was surprised it didn't happen last year. I, I, I was So I'm not that surprised in the move, especially looking at the offense. You saw it on, on Sunday in New England. It was absolutely terrible. So I, I don't mind this move, firing Frank Wright. But the problem is, is the guy they've hired as the interim head coach. Jim Ursay has literally hired a guy who has no experience in coaching in college or the pros. The first time since 1961 with Norm Van Brocklin that they've hired a coach with no pro or college coaching experience to be a head coach. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I wish the best to Jeff Saturday. Great guy. Does, did a great job as an analyst for ESPN. But this, I think this is going to be a disaster. I think this is going to be an absolute disaster for the Colts. I think Jim Mercer is putting Jeff Saturday in a position to fail. You can't blame Jeff Saturday. He got the call. He got the offer. You take the offer to be a head coach. I don't care. But I, I, I honestly think that there are many other, there are two head coaches, John Fox and Gus Bradley on the staff. They didn't make interim head coaches. This move makes absolutely no sense. And I'm telling you that the, the Colts right now are the laughing stock of the NFL. Yeah, this is that, that was the, the hiring of Jeff Saturday was very surprising. Cause as you mentioned, he's got no experience and what does that tell the rest? He did play the game. But yeah, he absolutely did. And he was a phenomenal center um, back in the day. You know, like, is is Ertz that um, – Ertz, you mean? It, does, he, does he not – yeah, Saturday. Um, or I mean, for Jim Ertz, does he not have any confidence in, in Bradley or John Fox to be able to – to interim? Like, is he just that concerned that, th- that he's not – he does not think those guys could – you know, like, what's that saying to the rest of the coaching staff? Like, your owner doesn't believe he could be the interim – you got to bring a guy that, yeah, you know, was a big face in this organization, you know, with, with Peyton Manning. Um, but yeah, I, their offensive line's broken. Maybe he can help fix that. But again, it's different. It's different than talking about everything on TV than being on the sidelines calling the plays on Sunday. So, yeah, that's the thing that's really weird about this. I, I, I was very surprised um, during time. So he might actually know something. I still think it's a stupid move by the Colts. I, I absolutely. He did, he did play the game. I get it, but. You don't go up and have no college or pro coaching experience and be a head coach of an NFL team. I mean, I don't know how the locker room is going to receive this. This is just, this is one of the strangest moves I have ever seen. Yeah, it is. And again, I know their offensive line's so bad, you know, so maybe he could help a little bit. But again, yeah, it's different talking about it on TV than coming in here and trying to teach these guys. Um, It's a totally different world, I feel like. So, yeah, it's a totally boggles the mind move. Again, I, I think, you know, if if because I feel like too, you know, Saturday this is a trial form, and I think Urs probably may want him to be the future head coach. But again, why don't you bring him on to coach like the offensive line or something? Kind of see how he does there, see how it goes, and then reevaluate in the offseason. I don't think you just kind of throw him the keys like this and try to throw uh throw him into the fire. Cause yeah, for a guy that's never coached before, this is a t- huge mess that he's gotta come in here and clean up. Yeah, and, and the team's three, five, and one. The team is not good. I mean, I, I mean, who knows how this is going to affect this locker room? Is Darius Leonard going to play another game this year? I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor? He, they, they, if those guys are even going to play for the rest of the year, I mean, they'll probably will if they're healthy. But still, I mean, this is just a total. I, I, I just, I, I'm so shocked that they would, they would do something like this. I, I, I just am. I know. I mean, I respect Jeff Saturday. I respect his knowledge of the game. But to, to 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 have no experience and be leading an NFL locker room is to me unheard of. Yeah, it is. You know, uh, it it really is. It's 
it's yeah you don't know how the players are going to respond to something like this um you know it's 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 such a unprecedented move it's like you know something we have not seen you know since you said like back in 61 and it's something that hasn't happened either you know even in college so yeah it, again it's such an interesting move i don't really get why i don't know why i don't let one of your coordinators just be the intern um but yeah it, it's a move i don't think it's gonna turn out it'll, it'll be interesting how it all pans out for the Colts but yeah it's just such a it was such a wacky move here that I again I I was very surprised when I first saw that and I kind of had to do a double check there exactly exactly now getting to the game the Colts play the Raiders on Sunday funny McDaniels who uh who who accepted the job and then then rejected the job now they're facing his team this weekend I even though McDaniels has done a four job with the Raiders I can't see how he loses this one I think this is a, it's a blowout win for the Raiders. Parks Frazier is the offensive coordinator. He's never even called plays before for the Colts. I think it's going to be a disaster. Even though the Raiders' defense isn't that good, I think it's going to be a disaster on offense. And that's why I got the I got the Raiders winning this one big. I got them winning to twenty seven ten. But Justin, can Jeff Saturday get a get a can Jeff Saturday get a win in his first game as as our Colts head coach? I don't see it. Even for how bad the Raiders are, I got the Raiders twenty to thirteen in this one. Yeah, the if McDaniel's loses this one, I. You know, uh, McDaniel's is probably the next one out out the door here. Um, because uh, Ellinger's not Ellinger did not good last week. He doesn't look like he's ready for this. They don't, you know, the Raiders' offense or defensive lines only got nine sacks, and that's something I thought you know they're gonna have a lot of success with. Again, they should rack up the sack totals this week. The Colts barely got to 100 yards last week against the Patriots. They they were horrible. I can't see the Raiders losing this one for how bad they've looked. The Raiders got to find a way to win this one, and I. I got the Raiders. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. There really should be no way the Raiders lose this game to a team that's just bring a head coach in, just just bring a head coach in with no pro or college experience. But one of the biggest games in Week Ten is the Vikings and the Bills. As uh, the seven and one Vikings face the six and two Bills, but the six and two Bills could be in trouble because there's a good chance they could have Case Keenum starting in this game because Josh Allen is being treated for an elbow injury right now, which he heard at the end of that Jets Bills game. But, but I think for this game, I'm assuming. Allen will play, but not be completely 100%. So I think it's a close competitive game. But I do think the Bills force a turnover from Kirk Cousins. I think they contain Dalvin Cook. That's the biggest key in this game. Can the Bills contain Dalvin Cook? They couldn't contain the Jets' run game last week. That's why they lost that game. If the Bills can contain Dalvin Cook, uh, I think there is a good chance they win this game. And I think they do that. And I think they win a close one. I got the Bills going to 7-2, and two, beating the Vikings 24-20. to 20. But Justin... Can Cousins, Cook, and Jefferson lead the Vikings to their seventh straight win? Didn't be difficult. I get the Bills as well, 27-24, thinking that, yeah, as well, Josh Allen should be able to go and, and play in this game. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, it's a running game. You know, the Jets ran the ball really well against them last week. Aaron Jones had his best game that Sunday night a couple weeks ago where he had over 100, 170 yards and rushing in that game as well. So, yet the, if the Vikings have success running the football, they, they have a chance, and I think you have to shorten the game. Like kind of what the Jets – Try to do against the Bills as well. Just keep that ball out of Josh Allen's hands. Keep that offense on the sidelines, and you have a chance against the Bills. So yeah, as long as you know Kirk Cousins doesn't make too many mistakes in this game, you know Justin Jefferson should get some yardage in this game. I think the Vikings are able to keep up. I don't think they're going to be able to. Um, you know, I think you know they're just not going to be able to um, put up enough to beat the Bills. I think they hang around, but um, lose a tight one. 
We got the Texans heading to the Meadowlands to face the Giants. And I do think the Texans stay in it early uh, with the running game with Damian Pierce. I think Damian Pierce has a good first half. And I do think the Giants do get off to a little bit of a slow start. But in the second half, I think Saquon gets going. I think Daniel Jones throws a couple touchdown passes. And I think the defense forces a couple turnovers from Davis Mills. And that's why I got the Giants off their bye going to 7-2 and two and beating I'll – be, I'll be at the game. Uh, I got the right. Giants uh, going to 7-2, and two, beating the Texans. 28 to 13, but Justin, can Damian Pierce lead the Texans to an upset win in the Meadowlands? I don't think so. I get the Giants win this one 23 to 14. Yeah, I think, you know, the Texans, you know, could have success running the ball, but I think Mills, if they want to continue to have success and win this football game, they're going to, Mills is going to have to be able to throw the football. They're going to have to play off play action. Um, But I, I think the Giants, you know, shut that down. I think, you know, Mills, um, there was a pick or two in this game to help out that Giants offense. I don't think there's enough. I think the Giants find a way to slow down Pierce enough and be able to get that victory. We got a big game in Germany as the Seahawks take on the Bucks. We got the two first place teams, but who would have thought they would have the records they had? Who would have thought the Seahawks would be six and three? And who would have thought the Bucks would be four and five? So, uh, I think this is, but I think this is a close competitive game. I do think the Bucks. I do think the Bucks defense contains Kenneth Walker. I do think they do a good job uh, containing Kenneth Walker in, in the game. Uh, I, I, I do think they do. Uh, I, I think it's close and competitive. I think there's a turnover each way, but I think this game is close. But just like last week, I think it's it's tied up. I think, I think this week, it's, I like the Bucks for losing. I think it's, it's tied up with the ball in Tom Brady's hands. I think the, they, they drive. I think Tom Brady leads the Bucks on another game-winning drive, and the Bucks win the game 23-20 to to go to 5-5. Five and five. But, Justin, can Geno Smith lead the Seahawks for their fifth straight win? I think it's very possible, but I, I got the Buccaneers as well, 24-21. to 21. Um, You know, Geno's played really well this year. They've thrown the football well. They went on the road last week, beat an Arizona team yet again to get the sweep. You never really know what's going to happen in these international games. Um, You know, I think Kenneth Walker, can they get that running and going against a good Tampa Bay, Um, you know, team against good against the, um, good against the run on defense? I think, you know, they may, you know, the, if the Bucs could kind of slow that down, try to make the uh, Seahawks one-dimensional more. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, the Bucs in secondary played well. I think they could get an interception or two off of Geno, which will help out Tom Brady in that offense. Um, and I think they're able to do enough. But for the Bucs, you know, Evans, too, I, you know, he had, what, four or five drops last week? I know. He, he was bad. He was great. bad. The yeah. Bucks, even though they won, they were they were lucky to win that game last week. I mean, they did they didn't score when they needed to at the, at the end, but the Rams did give them another chance. And Brady, it looked like vintage Tom Brady in that last drive. And the big question is: is can a win like last week turn the Bucks season around? And for me, I'm not going to say yes or no. I need to see more. Yeah, I'm with you. I I definitely think it can turn it around with that schedule in that division. I think they could get it going, but I just I haven't seen enough. You know, can that offensive line play better? Can they get the running game going? So. I went through. I could. To- I could possibly see it, but um, it, it's tough right now. You don't know what you're going to get out of the Bucks from week in and week out. No, no, not not at all, not at all, not at all. And we'll go back. We'll circle back to a to a comment we got we got from a listener. And it, I hate the NFL. Is this this is this, 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 the uh, is the name? But question: Do you guys think Josh Allen should play on Sunday? Honestly, if he's not a if he's not close to 100, percent absolutely not, absolutely not, because they they potentially could win that game with Case Keenum. Now it's going to be hard because the Bills have trouble running the football, but their defense could force some turnovers against uh, Kirk Cousins, and they could win that game. So if Josh Allen's not 100, percent absolutely not, because with a healthy Josh Allen, 
this Bills team to me, I don't care what their record ends up being. They're the best team in football. Yeah, I'm with you. If Allen's healthy enough, I think he goes out there and, he, and he's able to play, then, yeah, I think you start him. If, if not, yeah, because, again, yeah, even if they get a, the two seed in the in the uh, AFC, they still could go to Kansas City and go get a win. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. If he's not 100%, you know, Case Keenum's a he's a, he's a capable backup of going out there and beating some teams again, at home this week. Very possibly he could go out there and beat the Vikings. It's a revenge game for him against his former team. So, yeah, if Allen's not 100% and he's not good enough, then, yeah, sit him this week, rest him up, and then get, you know, get ready for uh, week 11. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he's day-to-day right now, so we'll see what happens with Josh Allen. But getting back to the games this week, we got an NFC East matchup in uh, we got an NFC East matchup in Philadelphia between the Commanders and the Eagles. And I think this game, I think the Commanders might stay in it for a little bit, but Jalen Hurts is clearly better than Taylor Heineke. The Eagles are clearly the better football team of the Commanders. And that's why I got the Eagles. I think Miles Sanders has a big game on the ground. I think uh, Jalen Hurts throws a couple touchdown passes, and I do think they force a turnover or two from uh, Taylor Heineke. That's why I got the Eagles winning this game 31-16. But, Justin, can can uh, the Commanders get revenge for what happened in week three? Well, they got to start off with not allowing their, their quarterback got sacked. Carson Wentz got sacked nine times in the first meeting. So they, their offensive line has to do a much better job protecting him this time. I got the Eagles 28 to 14. Um, you know, again, tough loss last week against the Vikings. They played well again, hung around. Yeah, maybe they're able to hang around for a little bit here, but I, I just don't see that offensive line giving Taylor Heineke enough time. I think they do throw a couple, you know, Heineke will throw a couple of interceptions this game. I think the Eagles capitalize off, off of that. Um, I just don't see Washington having enough talent right now to knock off the Eagles. I think maybe they hang around for a half, but that's about it. Yeah. 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 I agree there. I, I definitely agree there. We got a, we got tomorrow night's game. It's an NFC South matchup between the Falcons and the Panthers. And I don't care who starts at quarterback for the, for the Panthers. If, if it's, if it's Baker Mayfield, if it's PJ Walker, it's not going to make a difference. It's supposed to rain there. I think the Panthers have a lot of issues getting their offense going. I think the Falcons run the ball like they've done all year, run the ball down. I think they run the ball down the Panthers throat and they win this game big. I got the Falcons going to five and five being the Panthers 27-10, but Justin, can the Panthers get revenge on what, on what happened to them two weeks ago? No, I don't think so. I got the Falcons 24-17. Um, I think, you know, yeah, whoever starts at quarterback for the Panthers, who knows? I don't think, you know, they're going to get a ton going. You know, they're going to, um, you know, I think Atlanta's going to, you know, run the ball with Patterson back now. I think they kind of run the ball over them. I think Mariota has a couple of big runs in this game as well, you know, some offense stuff. Um, Caroline's got to slow that down somehow, you know, put pressure in the box, make Mary to throw it. Hopefully he throws a couple of interceptions in this game. But I, I think the, I think the Falcons, um, go to Carolina and sweep the Panthers. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely see that happening tomorrow night. We got the Jaguars heading to Kansas city to face the chiefs. And I think the Jags stay in it early. I think ETN has a good game on the ground. I think they, they stay in it early, but in the second half, I feel like Mahomes gets going. He throws a couple touchdown passes, and I think Lawrence turns the ball over a couple of times, and that's why I got the Chiefs winning this one by two scores. I got the Chiefs going to seven and two, beating the Jags twenty-seven seventeen. But Justin, can Etienne and Lawrence lead the Jags lead the Jags to a major upset? I don't think they will. I got the Chiefs thirty-one seventeen. You know, for Jacksonville, you know Lawrence can't make the mistakes. You know, can't you know can't give Mahomes extra drives there. You know, ETN with three straight weeks going over 100 yards rushing, you know, even out of the backfield catching the football, if he can have a big day, 
They can hang around there. Jacksonville can't get out as slow as the start they did last week against the Raiders. Um, you know, but yeah, you know, Lawrence, they're down there enough to convert. That offensive line's been pretty good. So, you know, he might, you know, he'll have some time to throw the football in this game. But I think they're going to have to try to shorten the game as well, try to keep Mahomes and offense off the field. I just don't think their defense will be able to hang, um, do enough. And they got the Chiefs 117. Got it. The Saints traveling to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. And I think this is a close competitive game, but I'm going to take the better coach team and, they, and a team that possibly could go have TJ Watt back this week. So I think in a really, really close competitive game, I know, but this is it's probably going to look like Andy Dalton's going to be facing the Steelers again, but I do think the Steelers defense forces a couple turnovers. I think Najee Harris has enough on the ground. Kenny Pickett manages the game. And that's why I got the Steelers going to three and six, beating the Saints 20 to 16. But Justin, can, can Alvin Kamara have a big game and get the Saints back on track? I think he could. I got the Saints 21-17 going the road, getting the win. Um, Kamara's, yeah, if they can get the running game going, um, like they did a couple weeks going to Raiders, even catching, you know, even had a couple of receptions a couple weeks ago. They didn't do much on Monday night. Um, but their quarterback, you know, whoever plays quarterback for the Saints, it sounds like it's going to be Dalton. You know, they, they the quarterback can't turn over the football. Um, you know, the Steelers have been pretty good against the run, uh, or they're decent against the run. If they can kind of run the ball, play action, you know, if Chris Olave can have a big day, um, it, that could help really help that running game out. I think they're able to do enough. I think Kamara, you know, has um, has a couple of big carries in this game and put the Saints up on the Steelers. And we got a comment. Uh, man, it seems like the Chiefs defense is really good after halftime. That's a good point. Last week they were. They were they were excellent after halftime last week. In the Raider game, they were re- they were really good as well after halftime. They also had that pick six in the, uh, in the Charger game. So, yeah, their defense, the Chiefs defense isn't great but it's definitely good enough to win a Super Bowl with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's kind of been the thing last couple of years with them. Again, I think, you know, it's adjustments at halftime, kind of figure things out um, after the first half. So, yeah, the, the Chiefs defense definitely won't. It's good enough to help them, you know, win a Super Bowl, uh, especially that offense. You know, they don't, you know, there, there's days where they give up some points and, you know, the offense has a good chance of bailing them out. So, yeah, the Chiefs defense is definitely good enough to, um, to, to win a Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. 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 That's a really good point by our commenter there, but we'll, we'll continue with the games and we got, uh, we got an AFC matchup in Miami. Frank's dolphins are playing. It's Frank's dolphins. I don't know if Frank is still listening, but uh, we got the Browns traveling to Miami to face the dolphins and this dolphins passing game might be the best in the NFL with these two receivers, Jalen Waddle and, and Tyree kill Tua has had a a really good year. He's established himself as a top 10 quarterback in the league. And I think nothing changes this week. I think they put up 30 points. I think they have a huge week. I think Tua, Waddle, and Hill have a huge week. I think Trouble of his yards, but I do think the defense contains Chubb, forced a turnover or two from Jacoby Brissett. And that's why I got the Dolphins going to seven and three, winning this game by two scores. I got the Dolphins winning 31 to 20, but Justin can Chubb and Garrett lead the, Dol- the Browns to an upset win. I think they possibly could. You know, Garrett gonna have to get pressure on him. I got the Dolphins win this one 27 to 20. Um, you know, the Dolphins offensive line's been all right. They get up 17 sacks in the year. You know, if Garrett can come in, wreck the game, um, if the Browns could kind of, you know, try to kind of hide themselves defensively, bring a late blitz or something, like if they could, you know, go out there and try to confuse Tua, slow them down, then I do think they have a chance at this game. But I, I feel like, you know, the Browns. They're better when they play from ahead and when they're able to use that running game. And I don't think in this one they're going to be there. You know, they're, I think it's going to be tougher than to play from 
from ahead in this game. So I don't know how many cares Chubb will get. Um, but again, it's the same thing. Like if, if Brissett can manage the game, you know, and not just turn the football over in this one, I think the Browns have a chance, but I don't trust their defense. The Browns defense right now to get enough stops against Tua. Yeah, absolutely. Now the Browns defense is not, this is one of the, this is a matchup of one of the worst defenses in the league against one of the best offenses in the league. And that's why I get the Dolphins scoring over 30 points. Yeah, I don't blame you. The, the Browns defense, yeah, a couple weeks ago against look good against the Bengals, but it, that's kind of been it. Like, we just haven't – it's a Browns defense that I thought was going to be a lot better this year um, than it has been, you know, this year. They they really showed And, yeah, I, I think, you know, the Dolphins with that offense could um, put up some big plays once again this week. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we got in – we got an AFC matchup in Tennessee as the Broncos travel to Tennessee to face the Titans. Russell Wilson coming off his bye week, but I think this Titans defense has a big game against the Broncos offense. I think they get pressure. They sack Wilson a, a bunch of, a couple, I think three or four times. I do think, yes, Tannehill or Tannehill might not play, but I do think Derrick Henry is another big game of the ground, proving why he's the best running back in football. And so I do think this game is close right down. To, it comes right down to the end, but I think the Titans defense makes a play. And I got the Titans going to six and three, beating the Broncos. 20, 23 to 17. But Justin, can Russell Wilson lead the Broncos to their second straight win? I don't think so. I get the Titans as well, 20 to 10 in this one. Um, I, I think, you know, Denver makes a couple mistakes in this game. I think Tennessee is going to get pressure, Russell Wilson. Um, I think Tennessee's pass defense, you know, the secondary plays pretty well, you know, plays well enough. I know they haven't been great this year, but I think, I think the Broncos are going to be one dimensional. I think they're going to have trouble running the football. And I don't think that helps out Denver's offense in this game. And I think Tennessee's defense and their special teams kind of help out their um, help out their offense, put them in some good spots in this game. And I think that's why the Titans won by two scores. Got an NFC North matchup in Chicago as Jared Goff and the Lions face off at Justin Fields and the Bears. And I think this game's up and down. I think there's no defense in this game. These are probably these are these are right now. I think these right now these are the two worst worst defenses in football. Lions are were the have been the worst defense all year. And the Bears with the loss of Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn, I think they're right there with the Lions. I think both Jared Goff has a big game. He throws a couple touchdown passes. I think DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams have a big game on the ground. And I also think Justin Fields has another big game, but he falls short because his defense can't stop anyone. That's why I got the Lions beating the Bears 34 to 31. But Justin, can Justin Fields stay hot and get the and lead the Bears to their fourth win of the season? I think they do. I got the Bears 20 to 23. Um, I think Fields plays well again. I think, you know, they're finally letting Justin Fields do what he does best you know, be able to run the football, um, you know, and, and kind of play out of the pocket a bit. And especially with how bad that offensive line is, is um, I think that's definitely helped them, you know, this year. Again, you know, that opens up thing, I think, for kind of some some read options, stuff like that, some RPO stuff, which I think, you know, only helps that offense out better. Um, and I think Claypool came in and was a, you know, was a nice target there for Fields last week. I know he only had two catches, but he had six targets. Again, I only see those numbers starting to go up for uh, Claypool the next couple weeks with them. So I think the Bears of that offense are really starting to kind of find something. Justin Fields is starting to, you know, really look like he can belong in this league. And I, I'll take the Bears right now to find a way to get a win at home. And I think the safe right, I think it's safe to say right now, Justin Fields is the best quarterback in the 2021 draft class. Trevor Lawrence, 
he, he's, he's been good at times, but he loses a lot of games. And, and you saw that terrible interception he had last week against the, uh, against the Broncos, not throwing the ball in the end zone against the Giants. So he, he, Lawrence definitely makes plays to lose games. And we know about Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. I mean, Mac Jones uh, has, has regressed this season. I know that there's, there's, there's circumstances around that, the coaching and the talent around it, but Mac Jones has regressed this year. And Zach Wilson, when he asked that we saw in that Patriot game, when he has to make plays, he has trouble. So I think it's pretty safe to say, right. And, and Davis Mills, I mean, he's in a horrible situation in Houston, but I don't think he's played as well as Justin Fields. So right now I think it's safe to say Justin Fields is the best quarterback in the 2021 draft class. Yeah, I agree. You know, the last couple of weeks since that Patriot game, he's played really well and the way he's been able to run the football again, you know, still not a ton around him, but it's starting to get a little bit better for him. Um, that's totally definitely helped right now. And yeah, Lawrence has just been very up and down. He looked really good the first couple of weeks of the year. And then since then, yeah, Denver game, you know, kind of lost on that game. Um, last week they got kind of lucky that they just played a Raiders team that just again just self-destructed like they do week in and week out. And um, and then yeah, for Zach Wilson, the Patriots kind of really is, you know, yeah, when he's gotta make plays, he just has not been able to do it. He's not great in the pocket, and he just, you know, just Tries to make these throws that he still thinks he's in college with. And yeah, and Jones, um, it's tough right now because he's got less than two seconds to throw a football. So yeah, he's regressed. And again, the offense, I think it's been back-to-back weeks where there's a, been a guy on defense calling out your place because they're that basic on offense. So that doesn't help Mac Jones either out because they don't really let him audible out. So um, yeah, and Davis Mills, I think, could be a bottom-tier kind of starter. You know, maybe in the middle range, but yeah, there's just, he doesn't have much to work with right now um, down in Houston. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We got an NFC West matchup of two disappointing teams in, uh, in LA as the Rams travel to uh, LA to face the Cardinals. And in this game, I think it's, it's a, it's a very, very, it's a very ugly game between these two teams. I mean, I could see this game being in the high twenties, uh, uh, high tight teens, low twenties. I think this is going to be a very low scoring game. I think there's going to be a turnover each way. I mean, the Rams, their offense is pitiful right now. They can't protect. They can't run the ball. And Stafford has regressed. Uh, so I, I think this is a really, really close, low scoring game. But I got to go with the better coach team and the coach that has completely owned the other coach in his career. Sean, I can't. It's very hard for me with the way the Cardinals are playing to pick Cliff Kingsbury against Sean McVay. That's why I got the Rams winning a squeaker. I got the Rams beating the Cardinals 21 to 16. But Justin, can Kyler Murray uh, lead the car? Can Kyler Murray bounce back this week and get the Cardinals their fourth win of the season? I don't think they do at the Rams 23 to 16. Now, for starters, he needs to stop carrying the football like a loaf of bread. He's been doing that since Oklahoma. And again, last week, another costly one late in the half there. Um, He's got to stop. He's got to start protecting football. He's got to, you know, he just does not put that thing away when he goes and runs. Um, again, I think they could have some yardage here against the Rams um, defense right now, the way the way they've been playing. Um, but, again, the Rams have been good at stopping the run. They've been kind of average against the pass. So I, I think the Cardinals maybe do a little bit, but I do think a couple turnovers by Kyler Murray, De'Aaron, um, DeAndre Hopkins, Again, you know, how does he do against uh, Jalen Ramsey out there? You know, that that will be a fun matchup. Again, if if Hawkins win that matchup and have a couple of big plays, then I think the Cardinals could go out there and win this game. But yeah, I, McVay versus King, Kingsbury, I think it's what like seven to one or eight to one in this matchup, and I don't see, I don't for how even for how bad the Rams are playing, I don't see the Cardinals out um, going on the road and being them. 
And you're going to get a sneak peek of the Cardinals because in the second half of the year because they're going to be on the in-season hard knocks. The big question is, is, is Cliff going to make it? Is Cliff going to make every episode of that show? I think it's de- I think that's definitely a question. I, I definitely do too. He's not playing call playing the call. He's not the play call anymore. And there's still they still really haven't looked great outside that Saints game. But you know, they had they forced four turnovers in that game. So yeah, they haven't looked great. Again, I I think it, if there's another head coach that gets fired, I think it's probably him. You know, him and McDaniels are probably the next two because I know um uh what's his name? Um uh, the, uh, Mark Davis has already had two meetings with McDaniel, so I don't think that that relationship's gonna last long. So yeah, I I, I don't think so either. Um, especially if things keep going the way they're going, I, I can't imagine Cliff Kingsbury's gonna make the make the season. Yeah, it's a, you know, you've been saying it for years. This was, was this was this was a bad hire. Some people thought it was a good hire because they had Kyler, a talented quarterback like Kyler Murray. But eventually, you were right. This was a bad hire. You don't hire a coach that got fired in college as a head coach in the NFL. Yeah. He, you know, he couldn't win a Texas Tech, and, and, and the Cardinals Mahomes. thought he could win in the league. Yeah, with Mahomes, and the Cardinals thought he could win in the league. Big mistake there. Yeah, it absolutely has. You know, again, when he had Mahomes, they averaged 40 points a game, but their defense gave up 45. And, you know, against Big 12 competition, they just could never uh, get over the hump, and they were always a 5 or 7, 5, 7, 6 to 6 team. And, yeah, there's a reason why USC, before Arizona came after them, that USC hired him via OC, and nobody else in college wanted to be head coach. So, yeah, it shows a lot. I was, yeah, I'm not not a big fan of him. I think he's like a, a little bit better than Scott Frost, but I don't think he's much better than that. You know, that's kind of where I'm at with Cliff Kingsbury. Not at all, not at all. So we got the Sunday night game, and that is between the Chargers and the 49ers. The Chargers are coming into this game obviously banged up. They could very easily not have Keenan Allen or Mike Williams or Mike Williams in this game. And I think with the Chargers run defense, I think the Niners are going to run the ball all over them. I think Christian McCaffrey's going to have a huge game on the ground. I think Garoppolo's going to throw a couple touchdown passes. I think the Niners get into the 30s again this week, force a turnover or two from Justin Herbert. And that's why I got the Niners winning this game by two scores. I got the Niners beating the Chargers 31-19. to But, Justin, can Justin Herbert have a big game and lead the Chargers to an upset win? I hate to be difficult going on the road. I got the Niners as well, 27-17. to um, as you mentioned, Allen and Williams being banged up, those are obviously two of his favorite targets out there. Um, it's gonna be tough, and the way the Niners um are gonna be able to get pressure, I feel like, on Justin Herbert could you know, um, they could get some pressure on him, which I think would be difficult. And that you know, I don't think they're trying to be able to run the football, they haven't all year, and you're going up against the you know, the Niners who are best team right now in the NFL against and stopping the run, so. They're going to be one-dimensional. I think they're going to have to play from behind, and I don't think they're going to have too many possessions this game because, as you mentioned, I think McCaffrey and that, and that offense is going to run all over them. So I think to be a tough one for the Chargers to uh, go on the road to win. It, it, it definitely will. It, it definitely will be a uh, it definitely will be a very difficult game for the Chargers. But that's going to wrap it up on Sports Talk with R&J for this episode. But make sure you – but we'll be back. Make sure you turn it, tune in in five minutes as we have another episode, and we'll be talking about the Nets hiring Jack Vaughn, uh, the, uh, the college football rankings coming out and week 11 of the college football season. So make sure you tune in for that. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is of his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to me. Taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is 
God, they don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays. And the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.